You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Thursday, June 17th. As always, I'm your host with sometimes, occasionally, but certainly not always, the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work at places like Baseball FYI, Friars on Base, or Off the Bench Baseball, or coming soon, Just Baseball. Check the link in the description of the podcast. Or you might be familiar with some of my more pop culture related stuff at places like Nerdist, Mental Floss, Inverse, Bloody Disgusting, Film Cred, and more, and hopefully many more to come. But most importantly, you can check out the Twitter page for the show at LO underscore Padres on Twitter and my personal account, which is at Javapeno. And that's spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And if you feel so inclined, please hit me up on there with any questions, comments, or concerns that you might have. And I'd love to get back to you and maybe even get back to you right here on this show. Just like I did for yesterday's podcast, when we were talking about Joey Gallo, we were talking about the Padres rotation, all that stuff. Always appreciate your questions, guys. And for the rest of this week, I will be taking, you can submit a five-star review in the Apple Podcast Review section, and I will guaranteed answer it on the show. Only for the rest of this week, though. Only for the rest of the week. So get them in before it's Sunday, or else, I mean, nothing really Crazy will happen if you don't, but or else, just just do it. Uh, but anyway, guys, before we start, let me just also mention: join Walking Baseball Encyclopedia, Paul Francis Sullivan. But please, just do me this one thing, guys: call him Sully every day on Lockdown MLB for a unique look at the majors, both past and present, featuring exciting guest interviews, routine check-ins from the Lockdown MLB's team of wonderful local experts, and insightful analysis of the day's biggest stories. Lockdown MLB is the single best source for daily baseball talk. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. And guys, I sounded a little bit upbeat for that intro. I sounded a little bit enthusiastic during that intro. Well, today, let me tell you, I am anything but Oh, I'm anything but enthusiastic about the San Diego Padres right now. They are playing horribly. They get swept by the Colorado Rockies. Only thing I can say, man, is it could be worse. It could have been by the Arizona Diamondbacks, who might make history tonight for losing the most road games consecutively for uh, Major League history. So that is, I guess, one silver line. But there's not much, guys. So we're going to talk about the game yesterday, rant a little bit, and talk about how messed up it is. Or maybe try and keep some perspective and be like, hey, you know, it's still, you know, we're almost halfway through the season. and uh, You know, maybe it's not entirely doom and gloom, but we'll be co- talking about that. And then for the positive, we will be starting my crossover with Jeff Carr of Locked On Reds. It's a real fun discussion, by the way. Real fun discussion. I was on one yesterday. And just to, to throw it out there, we recorded that before the, the Padres got swept. So that's probably why I was in such a good mood. But anyway, guys, let's get into it. Yesterday, the Padres lose to the Rockies 8-7. to The main culprit. And I posted a Twitter video of me becoming the Joker. <laughs> Oh, and yeah, I became the Joker after yesterday because I tweeted before the game saying, you know, if the Padres lose, I'm going to become the Joker. And for the record, that's like kind of a little bit of a film Twitter. It's a little bit of a meme when everyone says like anything that happens to them or anything that bad that happens. They quote tweet it. And they're just like, you know, you see some awful uh, current event happen or some some dumb thing that some celebrity says. And then someone just means like, I'm going to become the Joker. Like it just as a joke. So that's what I did. And then they ends up losing. Right. So the biggest culprit, like I said, was Blake Snell having his worst start 
Yes, I know it's hard to believe, but he had his worst start of the season. Yes, even better, even worse than the Houston one. Even worse, eh, depending on how you look at it, even worse than the Pittsburgh Pirates one where he only lasted two-thirds of an inning. He goes three and a thirds in this one, giving up nine hits, seven earned runs, walking two and striking out a grand spanking total of one batter. The... the I, where, where, where do I even begin? The outing raised his ERA, which was already at 4.97, by the way. It is now at 5.72. Are you freaking kidding me? He generated one whiff on his 4C basketball. Think about that. That's the pitch they used 55% of the time yesterday. He generated one whiff. Guys were not swinging at anything. Yet again, not swinging at anything out of the zone. It's driving me loony. Ladies and gentlemen, that's why I became the Joker. Go check out that video if you want to be entertained, I guess. And it's really rough because Blake Snell was actually kind of having a decent streak recently. You know, against the Mets, he go, he was great, right? Two two weeks ago against the Mets, seven innings, only allowing one hit. He was like a no-hitter, striking out 10. Looked awesome. Looked like peak Blake Snell. And then the week after that, he only goes four innings, gives up three runs. But I honestly thought they took him out a bit early. I didn't understand why he took him out and just like 71 pitches. I thought that was weird. And it all really happened in just one inning. He kind of fell apart. But other than that, he was kind of fine and okay. And then you follow that up with the Rockies, one of the worst teams in all of baseball. Well, I don't care if it was at Coors Field and getting absolutely bombarded. He was so bad, he gave up six extra base hits. As in anything that wasn't a single, he gave up six of them. Doubles, home runs, absolute mammoth home runs too, by the way. He threw a curveball at one point. Uh, well, at one point being the beginning of the game, bottom of the first, to CJ Crone, who took it deep 447 feet. It looked like a lollipop. It was unbelievable. Now, I know lollipops don't necessarily look like anything. I know that's not a, the greatest analogy in the world, but that's what it felt like. It felt like a meatball combined with like uh, 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 an empanada. I don't even know what that is. It looked like a meatball, cake, easy, lollipopping, candyland-looking pitch. I couldn't believe it. It was awful. And that's really why I became the Joker. Look, in terms of just the in-general Padres... It's definitely not time to, like, panic, panic. But I definitely think it is starting to be, you know, a point where we look at this team and say, guys, like, a lot of baseball pundits and prognosticators, they've kind of just been slotting the Padres in that top tier for a while now. And they really haven't played like it ever since the Houston series, which kind of... The Houston series kind of made everyone forget a little bit. The same way Aaron Boone saying my guys are savages in the box kind of made everyone forget for a minute that he's not the best manager and he's extremely boring. It kind of like saved him for a little bit. That Houston series kind of saved the Padres, let me tell you, especially in terms of just widespread um, love and, and just affinity for the Padres, right? And then ever since then, they've been terrible. And I know that the Mets and Cubs are pretty good, so this wasn't the best road trip in the world. But even still, I mean, guys, here's some numbers for you. The Padres have lost 13 of their last 17 games. They're hitting 209 in those 17 games. And if you take out yesterday, they were hitting 182, 182, with runners in scoring position during that stretch of 17 games. If you just take out yesterday which is the biggest offensive performance that they've had in a while. It was great to see Fernando Tatis Jr. absolutely yeet a ball out of the court to begin the, out of the court, out of the ballpark to begin the game. 
477 feet, longest of his career. Was that aided by the Colorado Rockies, Coors Field, Mile High Air? Of course it was, to a degree. But even still, it should be brought up. That was great. Tatis has been awesome. Even when he had like kind of like a weak stretch, you know, over the last like week and a half-ish, he had been struggling. He'd been striking out a lot, which is still the one blemish on Tatis. Is that he does strike out quite a lot, um, but... It was okay because then he came back and started hitting again. And I guess the other positive of the game, if there's any positive to take away, look, I'm trying, guys. I'm really trying. Uh, Manny Machado, over his last nine games, he's batting 10 for 33 with two doubles and two homers in those nine games, which is nice. Uh, 870 OPS. It's like the highest stretch mark that he's had over the course of the season. So maybe he's finally heating up. I hope he is because we need him. And I'm confident in him. Am I confident with some of the other players on this team? No. But am I confident even in the slightest in Blake Snell? Not even close. I don't know what's going on with the guy. I understand that I've, I've come to accept that the Rays may have swindled us and that we're not getting the ace that we wanted given everything that we gave up. But you got to be kidding me with this 5.79. Blake Snell. I just don't get it. Moving to the National League. Pitcher every nine at bats. These guys have never faced him before. I don't know. Is he hurt? I don't know, guys. I don't know. Blake Snow might be Blake Bust. I, I just, I, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. Blake Snow's driving me insane, and we need something, man. I mean, we need something from this guy because he single-handedly, despite the great pitching marks, and I know that's say like the bullpen for the Padres, it's got like a 4.10 ERA. Actually, 4.21 over the past 14 games, to be exact. And I think part of that is because they've been used up so much and what have you. But, um, you know, the Padres' pitching stats are still among some of the best in the league. Blake Snell is single-handedly making the best pitching staff cumulatively, like combining everything in the league, or at least one of the best. It's making it actually look like they may have to trade for a starting pitcher. Seriously. And that's crazy. How often do you see teams that lead the league in ERA actually be seriously in need of another starting pitcher that might be where we're at with Blake Snell right now it might be not to be super hyperbolic about it but holy dear god man he's got to figure it out and with that all said though that does it for my recap it was more of a rant really I know that the Padres had a good offensive day they had 11 hits whatever but this was the Blake Snell catastrophe day I don't know what to tell you uh but let's now talk a little bit guys about investing it can be complicated, just like Blake Snell finds it super complicated to get the ball over the plate. Uh, but whether you're a beginner or you've been investing for years, Wealthfront makes it easy. They have the right tools for every portfolio. No manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences that you control. Wealthfront can even help you lower the taxes you pay as you invest. For the average client, their tax loss harvesting can more than cover the low annual 0.25% advisory fee. And best of all, it is automatic. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first 5000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash MLB. That's Wealthfront, W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash MLB to start growing your savings. And now, guys, one more message before we start the crossover with Jeff Carr. Here we go. All right, everybody. As promised, as prophesized, it's been a meeting that I've been waiting to have for a long time now. They say he's the only one with as much delirious energy as I have on the Lockdown Network, or at least on the Lockdown MLB Network of things, uh, especially recently given our teams and all that stuff. I am very excited to be being joined by Mr. Jeff Carr, 
of the Locked On Reds podcast. Sir, how are you? Avi, I'm doing good, man. Yeah, I you kind of got to be delirious a little bit with this team. I mean, as long as I've been alive, uh, 1995, they did pretty good. I was a baby in diapers whenever they won the World Series in 1990. And other than that, they've literally just appeared in the playoffs. They haven't even won a series. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it's like if, if you got to be optimistic, you got to go a little bit past reality. Yeah, I think both of our teams don't have like the greatest, I don't know, franchise history. Not necessarily, <laughs> though. I don't think we have all that much. We both got our Hall of Fame players and stuff. You've got um, the the second baseman. I'm blanking on the name right now, I think. Joe but Morgan. yeah, there we go. Joe Morgan. Thank oh, you. Yeah. And then we've got, you know, Tony Gwynn and all that stuff. But for the most part, very sad. And hey, I only started seriously following the team a few years ago, like 2015, 2014. And even if I wasn't following them before that, it's not like they had a great history. This is the best Padres team that they've had in like 20 years, uh, pretty much since like 98, 96, when they ran into the, the Yankees buzzsaw, unfortunately in the world series, but otherwise it's, it's yeah. Yeah. Just what you said. It's not exactly a whole lot of uh, memories to go with, I guess. Well, and, and and I'll, be a little I'll correct a little bit because the history mm-hmm. before I was born was amazing. Like true. Seventies and little Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Yeah. It's like one of those, like, you know, big red machine. Like that's the one thing. And Good it's, point. Good point. it's like cool. But also at the same time, it's kind of annoying because whenever you're talking about a good team nowadays, they're like, yeah, but the big red machine, I'm like, guys, you really can't compare a lot of things to the big red machine because that's like comparing them to the best of all time. Like if the Yankees compared every single team to murderers row, I think they would lose their minds. Mm-hmm. That's why I, I think they've lost their minds in other ways, but whatever. Um, so <laughs> absolutely. So, but when I look at the reds, like, yeah, my, my lifetime has been kind of bleak, but I I'm a little bit jealous of the folks who are of a certain age who are able to watch some of that good stuff. But yeah, like the Padres, man, this, this year's team, I mean, I love Fernando Tatis. I'm one that likes mm-hmm. Manny Machado. I think a lot of people say that Me you're too. not supposed to like Manny Machado, <laughs> but I do. So, yeah, no, I, I'm very much looking forward to watching that. And then in a couple of weeks, whenever they come to Grand American Ballpark, I'm going to be all over that. But, uh, yeah, let, let, let's talk about this series because I know, you know, little inside baseball, we're recording this before the last game of each of our team series right now. I know that the Rockies are getting their voodoo magic on at Coors Field against Mm -hmm. the Padres and the Reds are taking care of business in Milwaukee. So what do we know about this Padres side? Okay, so. Where do I begin, sir? All right. So, well, first of all, also just to let's start. Let's start with Manny Machado because we did just mention him. First of all, I will say, yes, I'm obviously I'm pro Manny Machado. And that's not just because I'm the host of this podcast. I've said many times he deserves some of the criticism of being a dirty player. He does deserve that because, you know, he had the Jesus Aguilar stepping on his foot in the World Series. The Dustin Pedroia slide, I think, is over. Um, over-exaggerated by Boston fans who are known to be very calm about everything. Um, <laughs> and I think that the thing that gets me upset, yeah, you guys could ask my mom, you could call her, whatever. <laughs> I lose my mind when people continue bringing up the no hustle thing. I'm watching the mm-hmm. Mets game the other day. I think it was the Sunday game. And he hits a just absolute, not blast, but like a sharp grounder to the second baseman. Right? It was the shortstop to Lindor. Great fielder, by the way, on top of that. It was a sharp hit. No chance of being able to make it first. He's also not fast. And the first thing these knuckleheads bring up is, oh, look at him not running hard to first. Manny Machado again. I'm like, okay, guess what? I don't care 
He plays yeah. every game. He's always there. Manny, if it's a sharp, scorching hot grab to the shortstop, especially one of Lador's caliber, I'm not going to freak out if he's not, you know, using one for all in My Hero Academia to run to first base and lose his whole, like, lose all of his limbs. It's like, I actually just like that he's available every year. Sue me. But I will say uh, he hasn't been as productive this year. <laughs> now to, uh, to kind of bring that up, uh, he's been a little bit of the, he's been disappointing. I think a lot of people, you know, he coming off of last season was a front runner for the MVP award, obviously ended up going to Freddie Freeman, but he was a top three guy along with Mookie Betts. And he just hasn't been, every time you think that it's coming back, it isn't quite there. And I don't think that the, the, the weird part about this is I haven't seen any numbers or any signs that he's falling off. You know what I mean? It's not like his hard hit rate is down. It's not like he's striking out. All the time, I compared him to Troy Tulowitzki. Uh, when Troy Tulowitzki got traded to the Blue Jays, there were actually some signs that this was the end. Aside from just leaving Coors Field, uh, there's actually some signs that he was uh, maybe not the same Tulo guy anymore. With May Machado, it's still up there. Go check out his Statcast page; it's still really good stuff. He's not swinging at too much stuff out of the zone. He's just not quite getting there. Babip is a little bit low for him, uh, and it's reminding me of his season 2017 when he started off really, really slow in the first half by having the lowest BABIP I've ever seen for a star player. It was like one, it was like 182. Uh, nobody quote me on that for the first half <laughs> of his 2017 season. It was insane, right? Um, but I will say that there are other guys in the Padres offense that are performing poorly, and there are actual reasons to be concerned. Eric Hosmer decided that he doesn't like being good at baseball anymore. Wait. No, that's 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 the wrong way to phrase it. He decided that he doesn't want to improve his game anymore, as he did in 2020, <laughs> where he actually started lifting the ball more. No, instead, he's hitting everything on the ground up by more than 10 percent this year. And then you've got Will Myers, who you could argue was never really good. Uh, but even still, I was hoping that he'd be better. And last year he was awesome, really hitting off speed stuff. And this year, throw it low and outside of the plate. Congratulations. You just struck out Will Myers. So it's, I guess from the offensive side of things, just that's the main breakdowns. It's been, it's been really rough for the Padres. And I don't think a lot of people have totally mentioned it. Uh, it it's been a little bit of fortune to watch. I must say. Hold up a minute. Hold up a minute. Hold up a minute. Bet online, guys, is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can check all the action, of course, at Bet Online, as well as the rest of the leagues, the NBA, NHL, and all of your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit remember to use that promo code locked on bet online your online sportsbook experts and now shifting gears guys let me talk to you about rock auto with the ever-increasing number of makes and models it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need why endure pointless or seemingly intimidating questions like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX and all those ridiculous questions and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on the computer choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Why would you do that? So save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business. They've been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and their prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you need, brake parts, tail lamps, mortal, and even new carpet. 
Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockout.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Do You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. That's one thing, too, talking about Manny Machado and, and people harping on Hustley. I mean, hell hath no fury like a baseball fan that is uh, mad about a player's hustle because if they see it once, they will say it all the time. I mean, there's been different players throughout the Reds history that they've said about that, and it's just it's totally a non-factual argument that you really can't you know stop somebody from. It's not like, no, you're wrong. It's like, no, it's completely subjective. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. if one person is an idiot and one person actually watches the game, and the idiot's the one making the argument, there's no way you can end that argument. It's, it's a goofball yeah. thing. I, that's one thing, too, because I've heard this before, um, especially these last uh, couple of years, not last year in particular because the Reds made the playoffs, but the years before that when they were bad, there were always these games where people would come away with the conclusion of, well, they just don't care. They just don't want to win. They don't, they don't care. I hate that argument because mm, me too. There's, there's nothing to that. I mean, How do you like, get uh, here in the first place? You care. Right. Yeah. You're a professional baseball player. You care. So, I mean, sure, there's some guys who have shown lack of enthusiasm. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we need you to lose weight. Comes into <laughs> training camp 20 pounds heavier. Maybe there's something to that every now and then with players. Just not necessarily. They they kind of pig out and then they just they're like, oh, I'm not going full on into this. But I, you, absolutely. It's very subjective. He was the first guy I thought of because coming into training camp this <laughs> season, he was the first guy that I thought of whenever the stories were that Eugenio Suarez was coming in 15 pounds lighter. And, and the people ask him, they said, so what's your secret? He's like, well, I stopped eating so many fried Venezuelan foods. I stopped drinking beer and all this other stuff i'm like so Pablo. it's like the larry bird comment from the 90s or whatever yeah. when he's like he's like yeah i stopped drinking beer on my ranch and hanging out with my friends every single day and it's like yeah, yeah thought, that helps i thought of two things i thought of pablo sandoval and then i thought of andy off of parks and rec whenever he's like yeah i just stopped drinking beer for like a month and you're like how much beer were you drinking yeah, probably too exactly. much but yeah, no, Suarez actually kind of reminds me, like looking at some things with Machado, Machado's looked a lot better on his peripherals than Suarez, but Suarez has started to tick up. If you look at his batting average, most people look at that and they say, oh, he sucks. He's had a rough start to the year for sure, but mm -hmm. he's looked a little bit better as of late. But the lineup, everything goes through the two guys who are leading the outfield votes. Well, right behind Ronald Acuna. In Jesse Winker and Nick Castellanos. As they go, so goes the lineup. Now, Joey Votto has come off the injured list here recently and turned back the clock a little bit. He's been hitting dingers. And yes, Joey Votto still bangs. And then Aristides Aquino's first game off the injured list, he hit a laser shot of a home run at American Family. Don't call me Miller Park Field. And so it was amazing to see these guys getting going because the lineup itself has been pretty solid. That's been the strength of this Reds team which is a complete flip-flop from 2020, which, mm -hmm. whatever, 60 games. It's really hard to know anything about those 60 games. But they hit 212 as a team last year. This year, they're, like, leading everything in offense, but they've had some trouble pitching. The nice thing is here recently, the bullpen has gotten right. In their five-game win streak, they've pitched 15 and a third innings and given up, like, only a couple of runs and only five walks to 27 strikeouts, which is a huge departure from what we've seen because there for a little while, I was just like, all right, Reds are making call to the bullpen. Here comes the obligatory walk, and then we can get this game continued. 
and th- that hasn't happened here recently. So that's been nice to see. And Luis Castillo is back. But I think uh, with that start, I don't know. I think he might be slated for Sunday, but the Padres might miss uh, La Piedra in this series. But I, I'm looking forward to this series as a whole because there's going to be Wade Miley. There's uh, Sonny Gray's on the injured list, so it's not going to be him. But there's going to be the rookie, Tony Santian. It's either Santian or Santian. I, I can never remember. It's I've heard it both ways. And uh, I think also the rookie Vladimir Gutierrez as well will make a start in this series. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch when it comes to these. So who would you say who who's been the biggest catalyst, the biggest X factor for the Padres here in the last 30 games or so. And just to confirm, yes, the first game between our two teams is Wade Miley versus Joe Musgrove. Who would have thought that Wade Miley's ERA would not be, uh, yeah, for a Padre. And also, would it be too far off from Joe Musgrove's? Uh, Unbelievable. (laughs) Yeah. How did you, quick thing before I answer the, how did you feel when people were kind of using the, all right, this has gotten out of hand? with the no hitters when Wade Miley got it. Cause that felt like the guy that everyone was like, all right, enough, at least Musgrove, he's got this, it's that. And then, and then Carlos Rodon and, and then Wade Miley, they were like, no people kind of, how did that feel? I guess the discourse afterwards. It's it's on brand. I mean, dude was getting disrespected <laughs> this off season by Reds fans. Reds fans were just like, we don't want this guy anymore. He sucks. We saw what he did in 2020. And that means that what he did in 2020 is what he's going to be in 2021. And then Wade Miley was like, Hold up, kid. I got this. And, and it's hilarious, too. You're, you're going to notice this. If you haven't got a chance to watch any of Wade Miley's starts, uh, as so long as he lasts a long time in this game, it's going to be quick. The dude does not like to mess around. Like he gets up on the mound. There was specifically, there was a game mm-hmm. in San Francisco where he had a, there was nobody on. He struck out a dude and the ball went behind the catcher and, and uh, Tucker just didn't go grab it. Cause he's like, whatever, it's a strikeout. We're moving on. So the bat boy came out to grab the ball. And while he is in the picture in the back, picking up the ball, Wade Miley is in his windup going like he is mm-hmm. not waiting for nothing. He, he pitches quick. Yeah, I mean, I love pitchers who pitch fast. That guy, Kim, on the Cardinals. I love it. I wish more pitchers would, would uh, play like that. I get that there's everyone has their different routine and stuff, but it is definitely makes the game a lot more exciting in a lot of ways. You just have to be locked in on the TV. You're like, all right, here we go. Here's the next one. Right. And I also must say that Wade Miley's player photo is hilarious. He looks, like, deranged. He looks like he just ate, like seven apple pies and he's just ready to go he's like oh oh, yeah he's like he's like crazy right um so i'm looking forward to that and cut everybody that about does it for part one of my conversation with sir jeff carr of the locked on reds podcast one of the great podcasts on the network i must say and one of the great lads on the network i must say but before we wrap things up guys let me just mention to you locked on today podcast it's really great raise your hand if you thought the Atlanta Hawks would be up 3-2 on the Philadelphia 76ers, holy dear God, in the words of Dragonfly Jodes on Twitter, how you let an Atlanta team make you the Atlanta team. Unbelievable choked out from the Sixers, guys. But get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Peter Bukowski, the iconic Peter Bukowski, does a great job with that one. Uh, for the future of this pod, guys, tomorrow going to be continuing my crossover, of course, with Jeff Carr of Locked On Reds and recapping as well whatever happens tonight. Hopefully they get a W. It should be actually a cool series. The Reds have basically 
the B-team Avengers. Like, they have all these super studs with Jesse Winker, Nick Castellanos. Eugenio Suarez isn't doing anything right now, but they've got really amazing players on that team that nobody really talks about because it's not necessarily the biggest market or anything like that. Similar to the Oakland A's, I think. Uh, so that should be a lot of fun. And also, probably we'll have time to talk a little bit about All-Star Ballot and who I'm voting from the Padres, who I think deserves to be on the All-Star ballot. Not going to be filling out the whole ballot of mine for the All-Star break just yet. Probably going to try and do that sometime next week after this Dodgers series, but uh, it should be a lot of fun. And just talking about my views on the All-Star game in general might be something in the books for tomorrow. But we'll have to see, guys. And with that all being said, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Overcast, wherever. Be sure to send some five-star reviews on the Apple Podcast app. I'd greatly appreciate that. And until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My fire faithful homies, take care.